I believe the Bible is one big story that points to Jesus. Yes, there are different human authors who write in different ways. Some write stories. Some share history. Some write poems. Some share dreams. But all of these writings, they lead to Jesus. And for the next year, we're going to look at some of the key moments in Scripture that shape the story of the Bible. And when you hear that we're going to begin something new, you might think that we'd start at the beginning, the beginning with chapter 1. But to begin the story, we're going to start in chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, beginning with the second part of verse 4. Genesis 2, 4. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky, before any wild plants appeared on the earth, and before any field crops grew, because the Lord God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth, and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land. Though a stream rose from the earth and watered all of the fertile land, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit. And also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's drop down to verse 15. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the human, Eat your fill from all of the garden's trees, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because on the day you eat from it, you will die. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that the human is alone. I will make him a helper that is perfect for him. So the Lord God formed from the fertile land all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky and brought them to the human to see what he would name them. The human gave each living being its name. The human named all the livestock, all the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But a helper, perfect for him, was nowhere to be found. So the Lord God put the human into a deep and heavy sleep and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh over it. With a rib taken from the human, the Lord God fashioned a woman and brought her to the human being. And the human said, This one finally is bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. She will be called a woman because from a man she was taken. This is the reason that a man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife, and they become one flesh. The two of them were naked, the man and his wife, but they weren't embarrassed or ashamed. In the beginning was God, and as an artist, he chose to create. And since nothing existed, God created out of his own self. What that means 
is that creation is an act of self-giving love. I love how Nadia Bowles-Weber says it, that God decided to scoot over and take up less room. And in the beginning, this artist God spoke the world into existence. And there was light and darkness, water and earth, plants and animals, and humans. In this story, we're told that the human, and maybe the most accurate way to translate the Hebrew is actually earthling, was made when God breathed into the dust. We see that all life comes from God. In the beginning, God created a good world and filled it with people made in God's image, male and female. God created them in His image, formed from dust and divinity. The word used for formed here is the same word that Isaiah and Jeremiah will use to talk about a potter creating a piece of art, shaping a vessel, making a creation. So here we see that God comes near, that God is willing to get his hands dirty, that God is involved in life, and he breathes life into his creation. This story tells us that God formed a garden in Eden and put Adam right in the middle. And then from the ground, God creates every beautiful tree with edible fruit. And then we're told about two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. Wesley had an interesting note on this command to not eat from the tree of knowledge. He said that the punishment of dying was losing happiness and becoming vulnerable to death. And so now in the story we feel the plot thicken. We know something important is going to happen to one of those trees, but right now we wonder in this garden what is Adam's purpose? He's to serve and to guard the garden. His vocation or his purpose is not to simply guard the garden, but to work it. To make it better than what it was when he received it from the hand of God. His job was to improve the world so that it brought more glory to God. And have you ever noticed how God calls this world good instead of perfect? Maybe we should take a breath and relax from that idea that God expects us to be perfect. In the great American novel, East of Eden, John Steinbeck has a beautiful line. And now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. 
The truth is, some of us struggle with perfectionist tendencies. We try to make ourselves and others and our world a better place. And sometimes it feels like we're the only ones playing by the rules. And when we have a bad day, we have that fear that we're bad or evil or wrong. And we have to realize that Jesus was perfect for us. We don't have to be perfect. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. His death on the cross means that we are forgiven. You are forgiven of all your past, present, and future sins. Now that we don't have to be perfect, we can be good. You know what the first thing is that God says isn't good? For the human to be alone. So God makes him a helper to have a relationship with. So God fashions a woman for the man. And when he sees her, he sings a song. This one is bone for my bones and flesh for my flesh. And this chapter ends with a comment that this is the reason why people seem so anxious to be married to each other. Because at one time they really were one person. That marriage is a reuniting of two parts of a single whole. And so now these two can live in God's garden. And there's this really beautiful thought that Adam and Eve were naked, but not embarrassed, not ashamed. One of my favorite preachers says, shame. Is not from God. In the beginning, God created a good but imperfect creation filled with ambiguity and beauty. And creation is ongoing. Creation takes a long time. Our creation takes our whole lives. And when we die, we return to the source of our being. We return to dust and the very breath of God. Some scholars say the story we read today is the second creation story. Did you know there's a third? It's in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, his first chapter. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. In the beginning was Christ who would walk the earth as Jesus, the Word made flesh. The Word of God was made flesh and born to the least likely woman in the least 
impressive way. In the beginning, the Word was born and kept interesting company and said super confusing things that to this day we're still trying to figure out. The last will be first, and the first will be last. Those who find their lives will lose them, and those who lose their lives will find them. Happy are the people who are hopeless, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Love your enemy. Pray for those who harass you. Your sins are forgiven. You are free. You are forgiven. You are not defined by your mistakes. In the beginning was the Word made flesh, who kept interesting company and taught some counterintuitive stuff and preached the forgiveness of sins and healed the sick, and raised the dead, and fed the hungry, and that, that was more than we could bear. So we betrayed, and denied, and accused, and flogged, and crucified Him. And this Word made flesh still only spoke forgiveness. And here's the thing. Death could not contain this holy and defiant and pure love of God. And on the third day, he defeated death and rose from the grave and went back to God. So the best way to tell you about this artist God is to say that Jesus came. And in his physical existence, in his body, he showed us what God looks like. Not in some heavenly, otherworldly place. But right here, in the middle of our real and messy lives. And here's what Jesus said being born of water and spirit looks like. Not worrying about what we're to eat or drink. It looks like loving other people. And it looks like touching other people and seeing them as holy. And it looks like what we're about to do. Breaking bread and drinking wine with all the wrong people. <laughs>